Marketplace Movement, where our vision is to reach, enhance, and advance lives. This week, we are on part five of There's Work to Be Done series. We will learn that in order to live the standard, we must get to know Him. So as always, grab your notebook and your Bible and join us in the year to live the standard. Come on, it is so your faith can make you whole. Amen. Amen. Your faith can make you whole. You waiting on circumstance, your faith can make you whole. Amen. You waiting on somebody to make, make you a promise, your faith can make you whole. I said your faith can make you whole. That thing's resonating with me this morning. I'm, I said your faith can make you whole. See, somebody just figured out, Lord, wait a minute, I was waiting on something. But my faith can make me whole. Thank you, Lord. Let the words in my mouth, meditations of my heart, be acceptable in thy sight. Oh, Lord, my strength, my redeemer. God, please allow me to speak with precision, fueled by the Holy Spirit. God, I'm asking that you transform every bit of logos into rhema. Mm. Fill our cups, Lord, that they may run over. In Jesus' name. Amen. Are we ready for the word of the Lord this morning? Come on, are we ready for the word of the Lord this morning? All right, I want to give you, man, God is good. Anybody know God is good? Hey, man, God is good. Yeah, he is. I learned something about him. I don't know if y'all done figured this part out. God is good when we're not. <laughs> That's something, ain't it? He ain't like us. We wait on somebody else to treat us a certain way before we treat them. God said, no, I'm, I'm good because it's my nature. <laughs> it's, it's my nature to be good. I'm good when you're not. Good is not his activity. Oh, Ooh, that blessed me. Good is not an event for the Lord. Good is who he is. Did y'all catch that? See, so, so when you recognize God is good, stop waiting on God to be good or to do good. When you get him, you get good. He shows up being who he is. He can't be nobody else but what he is. So if you get him, you get good. Ain't that wonderful? All right, all right, come on, we're going to go. All the time. <laughs> Glory. Get your notes. People are still moving. Welcome. I have stuff to cover. Um, I, got, I got one and a half pages. That's a problem. Some of y'all laughing at me already. Leave me alone. Because... Um, I didn't get an opportunity to say nothing last week because we was running and stuff. Amen. So get your notebooks. Everybody have your notebook. 
Please listen to me. Something I learned from a preacher once. He says, if I inspire you, that doesn't mean I informed you. Amen. But if I inform you, I will inspire you. Y'all catch that? Inspiration does not necessarily inform, but information always inspires. So I want to make sure that we have our notebooks. We're going to dig into the word deeply this morning. And I'm going to try my best to get to the verse in Luke that I skimmed through. But that's on my second page. Leave me alone. It's over there, and I'm trying to get to it. But if y'all act up, I can't make no guarantees. All right. Let me praise him. Let me give you three quick bullet point recaps. Going to recap in three bullet points, then we'll dig deeper. We're talking about live the standard. Say live the standard. Again, say live the standard. When we talk about living the standard, we are talking about the fact that we want to live the way that God intends for us to live. Amen. Here's my recap. Number one, to live the standard, we must know the standard. To live the standard, we must know the standard. To live the standard, we must do what? To live the standard, we must what? Know the standard. Let me say this before I move on to bullet point number two. Uh, the standard is not a series of things. The standard is a person. Somebody's going to catch a light bulb. by this. To live the standard, which is the series of things, I must know the standard, which is a person. Did y'all hear what I just said? To, to do what I'm supposed to do, I must know the person who shows me how to do it. To live the standard, you must know the standard. Number two, number two, Jesus is the visible representation of the standard. Amen. Jesus is the visible representation of the standard. Turn me down a little bit. Number three, number three, this one is a little bit uncomfortable, a little bit more. We must do more. There we go. Then simply admire Jesus. Please write that down. We got a lot of Jesus admirers. Did y'all hear what I said? Oh, Jesus is good and he's, he's wonderful. We goosebumpy Christians. We admire Jesus. Jesus doesn't need admirers. Oh, boy. He got angels around the throne. All day, every day, one talks to another. Holy, he don't need admirers. Amen. We have to do more than simply admire Jesus. We must realize that in addition, watch this, to the fruit that Jesus produced with his life, that's our salvation, his life, his life itself is to be emulated. He doesn't want us to just admire him. He wants us to live like him. Yes. 
He's not looking for admirers. It don't take a lot to go, you're good. That don't even take discipline. A sinner can declare the goodness of Jesus. He's not looking for admirers. There's a, there's, there's a book that people were reading, you know, talking about not being a fan. Same difference. Same difference. An admirer, a fan. Lord is looking for followers. Turn to John chapter 14. His life is the visible blueprint for how we are to live. Turn to John chapter 14. I'm going to read two verses that we often do not like. So I want to read them. John 14. I'm in the NASB translation for my visitors. And let's read verse 12. The gospel of John 14 verse 12. Everybody got it? Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. Y'all see that? The works that I do, he will do also. Is that in y'all's Bible? And what's the next word? And greater works than these will he do because I go to the Father. 13, whatever you ask in my name. 13, whatever you ask in my name. My name, the word name, Greek, anoma, that's his character. Whatever you ask in the character that I would ask it. Did y'all catch that? See, here's where we messed up, y'all. I said in Jesus' name, it didn't work. That's like going to the costume store and getting a fake badge and acting like you a police officer. One's ability to declare Jesus is not one's ability to utilize the name of Jesus. The only way to utilize the name of Jesus is by immersing yourself into the character of Jesus. So when you say something, you say it with the same intent and thrust that Jesus would have said it. In other words, when you speak to death, when you speak to poverty, when you speak to brokenness, you speak to it the same way that Jesus would have spoken to it. And that's how you get the results that Jesus got because you speak like Jesus spoke. I can't speak that way unless my character looks like his. See, we want to go to a dead situation and say, Lazarus, get up. But you ain't got the faith of Jesus that spoke to Lazarus. If you don't have the character that Jesus had when he spoke to Lazarus, you can't get the benefit of your declaration even if they match. Are y'all following me in this room? Otherwise, all we would have to do is quote it and we wouldn't have to live nothing. If I don't need to have the character of Jesus, all I need in order to have power is a good memory. All I would have to do is quote the verses and see manifestation. This is why we have a whole lot of hollow houses of worship. Because what we're teaching people is to go through the emotional motions of Christian existence instead of the transformative behaviors of a Christian life.
I said we're teaching people to go through the emotional motions of the Christian experience instead of the transformative behaviors of a Christian life. You're going to come to church sometimes and the Lord is going to whoop you. See, quiet. Don't nobody want to say amen to that whooping. Because what we want is, ooh, that feels good. Ooh, that's goosebumpy. Sometimes you're going to come to class and figure out you ain't prepared for the test. Turn to 1 John, please. 1 John chapter 2. Amen. Amen. And see, for all of these people, talking about that's right. That's right. The Lord never wanted religion. Ooh, yeah. I'm going to say that's why I'm saying he, he don't want religion. He want relationship. That's wrong. That's wrong. The scripture is very clear. See, the problem is we don't know the definition of religion. James told us what religion is. So for everybody talking about the Lord ain't into religion, you ain't read James. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this. Help the widows and the orphans and keep yourself unspotted from the world. When you leave that verse out, you get people... Oh boy, I'm about to mess up. When you leave that verse out, you get people who have a view of Christianity that looks like these TV preachers. Who, watch this, are more concerned with maintaining their lifestyle than they are with actually doing the work of ministry, edifying the body of Christ and helping the widows and the orphans. If we're not willing to help the least of these, we can't call ourselves Christians. Take the word church off your building, go be an LLC, and go say what you really are, a for-profit. 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2, verse 5. Whoever keeps his word in him, the love of God has truly been perfected or completed. By this, we know that we are in him. Watch, the one who says he abides in him ought himself to walk in the what? Same what? Same manner as he walked. How we know that re refers to Jesus? Well, in my Bible, the he is a capitalized personal pronoun. Capitalized personal pronouns in the English text normally means that they are referring to a deity. If they weren't referring to a deity, it would have been a small h because putting a capital H in the middle of a sentence is grammatically incorrect until we're talking about God, which means that we need to capitalize the pronoun in order to refer to a deity. And so when we are walking as he walked, that means we are supposed to be walking like Jesus. If I say I'm a Christian, I ought to walk like he did. Amen. Now, before I move on, I want everybody in this room to take an evaluation of your last seven days. Don't go back 30. That might hurt. I want you to think about every interaction, every conversation, every text message, every email. Did you walk in the manner that he walked? Never mind. If we want to see and know how to stay in the will of God. Anybody want to do that? I got to apply the patterns of Jesus to my life. Uh, listen, y'all, it can't be just lip service. And it can't just be a one-off experience. 
I was Christian today. That's like Halloween. Where you can be anybody you want. As long as your costume on. Yo. If I go to the costume store and I spend the money and I get me an Imperial Stormtrooper outfit, I get the whole Stormtrooper outfit. Now, while I'm in it, watch this. I'm dressed up as a Stormtrooper, but I never really become it because the whole time the costume is telling a lie. The only reason that nobody has a problem with my lie is because the day of the year that I put it on, the lie becomes acceptable. This is why if the same person put the same costume on March 1st, somebody is calling the police. Same costume they wore on Halloween is no longer acceptable because they put it on in a day that was not acceptable to mankind. Watch. This is why many of us are only Christians in church. Because you get to an environment where the costume of Christianity is acceptable based upon where you are and when you're there. Uh-huh. It ain't real. The real you was on the inside. The real you was who your coworkers know. The real you is who your kids knew when you cussed them out because they asked you a question about their homework and you were sick of it because you was on the phone with your boo. That's who you are. Oh, it's cool. Hello. We got to give this thing more than lip service. Somebody say live the standard. I'm not asking y'all to put the standard on like a coat. I'm not asking you to put the standard on like a costume. I want you to live the standard. I want this thing to transform your life. I'm not trying to get you to be better at church. I'm not even trying to get you to be better at your call. Oh, no. Mm. I, what you, wait a minute. I thought you was trying to make me a better preacher or a better teacher or a better singer. See, y'all missed it. He'll make you better. See, my job is to make you a disciple. And through your discipleship, your call has to mature. See, that's the problem with these churches. We got a whole lot of people who are talented and ain't anointed. I'm sorry, y'all. This thing has been in me for days. Y'all hear what I'm saying? So we got a whole bunch of people who are called proficient and godly deficient. So you can preach, teach, sing down heaven, but you don't know how to get through a hard time. So all of a sudden you're like, ooh, they sure can't sing. Listen to them. They about to kill it. They going to kill it. They going to kill it. But you don't know what to do when you're depressed. So after you kill it on the stage of people's opinions, you go get your bottle of Jack that's in your bag in the green room behind the superstardom that we put before you. Somebody say, live the standard. 
I am coming against the superstar mentality of the church and I'm trying to get us to the place where we look like this Bible. Amen. And if folk gonna be frustrated, I am okay with it. But at the end of the day, I want us to look like the word of God. I want our families to look whole. I want our children to look whole. I want this thing to be real and authentic. I want the devil to drive by third street and go, just don't say nothing right here. Just don't. Watch. And the next level of maturity is I want everybody that comes in here to have that type of anointing in your neighborhood. Y'all not in here. That when the saints go to your own house and that one crazy neighbor get to talking foolish just because you there. They go, never mind. I don't know what, I don't know what got into me. I'm, I'm just not going to say nothing. Amen. Amen. This is a matter of spiritual growth and development. It's a matter of discipleship that I'm going for. Accountability. We don't like that word. It's like you're cussing in the church. Turn to 2 Peter, please. Does anybody believe that that type of life is available to us? Huh? No, be honest with me. Anybody believe this type of life is available to us? No, 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 watch. We say we believe it's available, but we live like it's not. How do we live defeated, but then declare victory? Furthermore, I hear all these Christians, Chris, talking about, I'm through, I'm done. How do we get that level of authority over God's plan for our life? How are you telling God to pull the plug when he never gave you the right of do not resuscitate? You telling God, I'm done. Lord's like, I'm not. See, watch this. People are going to say, well, Bishop, you don't understand what it feels like till you in it. Okay, I have a rebuttal. You don't understand what it feels like till you've been through it. Because while you're in it, you don't know how good going through it feels. You need to talk to some people who done been through it. So they can tell you that being in it ain't nearly as bad as the goodness that you got. Oh, y'all not in here. This, I told my wife the other day. Ooh-wee. I told my wife the other day. I said, you know what? I, I, I had to get to a place where, watch this, truth, no matter what it costs, watch this, is better than the lie that you can tell trying to give yourself peace. The pain of a lie is way harsher than the moment of truth. The truth brings freedom. A lie brings bondage. Oh, I'm trying to get somebody together because somebody, see the reason we don't like that type of teaching? Because somebody in here lying. Somebody got to lie right now. Watch. And if, here's, here's what I had to learn. If you lying about one thing, you can't receive the benefit of truth about no thing. Amen. But let me tell y'all this. Listen to what I'm about to say. I was listening to a podcast the other day. This guy wrote a book called Essentialism. He made a quote, and I had to stop the podcast. It slapped me in the face so hard. I was real toe up. And he said, many people 
don't know how to say no to things because, watch this, they will not trade the popularity of yes. The popularity of yes for the, watch this, for the maturity and the respect of no. It's a whole lot of popularity that come with yes. But watch this. Many of us are in the trouble that we're in right now because of a yes that you should have said no to. I'm, gonna come, I'm coming around this mountain. I'm coming around this mountain. Because there was so much popularity in that yes that you allowed out of your mouth that you were unwilling to trade the popularity of the yes for the maturity of the no. Never mind. We in Second Peter. Did anybody want this type of life? Mm-hmm. See, you know, you see how the, how my enthusiasm is waning. That's okay. Second Peter, chapter one, verse two. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Seeing, watch this, that his divine power, I'm walking slow, has granted to us, go back, seeing that his, capitalized personal pronoun relating to a deity, divine power, has granted to us, that's you and I, what's the next word? Everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. Wait a minute. You mean to tell me that the Lord gave us all things relating to life and godliness? Wait, wait, wait. Let's do it again. Grace and peace. No, seeing that, verse 3, his divine power, that word power is dunamis, that's ability, so his divine ability has granted or given us everything pertaining to or related to life. That word life is zoe. That's abundant life, life to the full, life overflowing. I come that you might have life and have it how? So I came to give you everything related to an abundant life and abundant godliness. That's the type of life he came to die for. Where does that life come from? He says right there in verse 3. Pertaining to life and through the true what? It comes by knowing. It comes by knowing. What was the first point I made? To live the standard we must what? I've come, this is what he said, to give you all things pertaining to life and godliness. But you can't get everything pertaining to life and godliness without knowledge. If you're unwilling to know me, you can't live an abundant life. I'm trying to help somebody. You want everything pertaining to life and godliness? You want to know how to live a life to the full, a life of abundance? And see, watch this. Some people, when they start talking like this, the next thing they're going to say is, God wants you to have houses and wealth and all this. And first of all, I don't want you to have nothing that you're not mature enough for. Second of all, a Christianity or a belief system or a theology that bases where I am with God based upon what I have is erroneous at best and demonic more likely. So when I talk about an abundant life, a life to the full, I'm talking about a life where you wake up in peace, not turmoil.
I'm talking about a life where you're glad to go home. I'm talking about a life where you ain't on your way to work cussing before you get there. Y'all not in the room. That's a life to the full. I'm talking about a life where you can sit down at the table and have joy for what you have. I'm talking about life to the full. Where you not, where, watch this, where you can actually see somebody else blessed and not get an attitude. See, this is when you live in an abundant life. Because an abundant life don't mean an abundance of things. Because sometimes you can have an abundance of things and with the things come an abundance of problems. But he says, watch, if you want an abundant life, if you want abundant godliness, I need you to make sure that you have the knowledge of God. If you don't want to know me, you don't want this type of life. To live the standard, you must what? You must know the standard life. And he says right there in verse 3, seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him that called us. Knowledge, knowing knowing and it's funny because I got to dealing with this this whole second Peter y'all was gonna leave it out I wasn't gonna put it on there and the Lord said yes you are and the reason I was gonna leave it out is because literally I read about 10 15 pages just on the word knowledge because the word knowledge right here ain't, it's not head knowledge. It's heart knowledge. It's, it's the word, y'all don't have to worry about writing it down, but y'all need to hear it this way. It's the word epinosis. Watch. Knowledge is just gnosis. It means to know, just general knowing. It's like when you, it's like when you got how many, how many free throws Jordan put up how many championships Jordan won you know what Jordan's favorite color is that's gnosis epinosis is different epinosis is a knowledge that is only possible through experience epinosis or an elevated gnosis that word epi is like an arrow right and what it does is you have to look at the term that comes after the word knowledge knowledge of him Wait a minute. So in other words, the only way I get this type of knowledge is when the Lord take me through something. Still ain't caught it yet. I want life to the full. I want life to abundance. Cool. Reading your Bible going to be good. It's going to be great. But you don't get to this level of knowledge until you got to apply some of that Bible you've been reading. Y'all still ain't with me. It's going to be good. Go ahead. Quote. Get your memory verse. Get your verse of the week. Go ahead. Get you some flashcards. But let me tell you, you don't get to this level of knowledge until you down to your last and you got to apply one of them verses. Come on. It's just like marriage. Y'all, okay. When you're standing up here and you're getting married and you're looking at each other and you Google-eyeing. I do. That's gnosis. Epinosis takes place when you got to validate the vow. When the vow comes under fire. Google eyes don't mean nothing. When the vow comes under fire, I need to know if you have an experience. Y'all, 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 y'all. Okay, okay, 
we gonna go a little deeper. Do y'all understand why God intended for a husband and a wife to reserve sexual intercourse till marriage? It's because it creates a lock, a soul tie. Watch. So after, and when you do it right, the gnosis is then locked to epinosis through the intercourse. We now experience something that we haven't experienced with anybody else to put a seal on the vow. And then when the devil comes, I recognize I don't have a seal to this vow with nobody else. I had a bunch of conversations, but I only got one lock. The problem with us is we done sealed the vow with too many people. And so when we get up here, we ain't broke them other covenants. Help me, Holy Spirit. We do the same thing with God. Because watch this, Christianity is a marriage. I know y'all get sick of me talking about marriage. But in Ephesians, when he talks about the husband and the wife, he backs that verse up with saying, I'm talking about the church. So everybody's mad about me talking about marriage. I'm trying to save yours and help us. Now, when you get saved, you are making a covenant to the Lord. You are coming into marriage with the bridegroom. Are y'all here? Once you have come into covenant with the bridegroom, the, watch this, the seal is the Holy Ghost. It is, watch this, the intimacy that should took place through the intercourse of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The problem is, the problem is, you done made covenants with too many devils in the world. Him. And now you said, Lord, I'm for real this time. But you ain't broke all of them promises you made with your flesh. Glory to God. You got to break a thing before you can make a thing. And for some of us, right now in your marriage, the trouble that you are going through is only because God is trying to break off some stuff you should have never brought into it in the first place. Now, knowledge, I, got, I need to know something. This, okay, watch. Y'all don't believe me. Philippians, come on, hurry up. Philippians chapter 3. This is what Paul meant. Y'all didn't hear me. This is what Paul was trying to tell us. Paul was trying to explain to us something happens special when you get to knowing. Why do you think in the scripture when it talks about intercourse, it says he went and he knew her? Y'all not in here. The man came and he knew. In other words, he went in and he went beyond, he went beyond knowledge. Epinosis. I know you on a level that don't nobody else know you. The Lord's like, that's what I want to do with you. The problem is when I'm trying to know you, 
you letting too many people know you. Your vices know you. The weed man know you. The corner store liquor man know you. Everybody know you but the Holy Ghost. The number man know you. Everybody know you. Everybody knows your vices. The Lord says, hold on. Break that. Y'all not, why, why are you talking about all of those type of things? Because watch this. Who you run to during times of trouble is your functional savior. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? So if I'm in a hard point and the first thing I do is say, I need a drink. Then watch this. The bottle is your Jesus. And until you break the curse, the connectivity that the bottle has over your sanity, then the Holy Ghost, oh y'all, see y'all asking the Holy Ghost to do what you need, watch deliverance to get done. And we don't talk about deliverance no more. Oh, it's quiet. We don't talk about deliverance because that's messy Christianity. We want all these nice little cute smoke and mirror. Some of us in this room need deliverance. You need deliverance. You are, you are under demonic oppression. Some of us who are not saved are possessed. See, a saved Christian can't be possessed. Once you're saved, you can be oppressed but not possessed. Once I'm saved, I can be oppressed, not possessed. Are y'all with me in the room? But you don't want nobody to know that you got guests over your house that's unauthorized. Don't feel bad, it's like having roaches. It is, it's like having roaches. It is, when people come over, you don't want nobody to see you got roaches. And you happy, you happy because the roaches normally only come out when the lights is off, so you turn all the lights on in the whole house. You don't want nobody to know. But here's the thing, here's the thing. Those of us who can see, we see the remnants, the fruit of the infestation. So it don't matter that you cleaned up before I got there. Roaches leave residue. Why can't, why, can't you, why can't you just believe that I'm free? The reason I don't believe you're free is because you're not. You're trying to tell yourself you're free when the residue says you're still infested. All right. Did I tell you I'll turn to Philippians? Chapter 3. See, this is what I'm talking about. I got 10 minutes. Y'all tripping today. Verse 7. Philippians 3, 7. But whatever things were gained to me, those things I've counted as lost for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing. Y'all, I count everything as lost. In view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I've suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish so that I may gain Christ and may be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith. Ten, that I may know him 
and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being conformed to, to his death in order that I may attain the resurrection from the dead. That's what Paul was talking about. I want, I want something beyond head knowledge. I need some heart knowledge because when I got that, all of a sudden, how you treat me don't matter. Y'all ain't caught that. When I get to that level right there, this is when you start being able to believe all my help come from the Lord. Not saying it, knowing it. Y'all with me? When I get to this level, this is when you start saying material possessions without Jesus mean nothing. Not saying it, knowing it. This is when you get to the place where a true encounter with Jesus is the most valuable thing that can ever happen to you. Not saying it, knowing it. This is when you get to the place where you can say, though you slay me, yet will I trust him. Not saying it, knowing it. This is when you get to the place where you can say, greater is he that's within me than he that's within the world. Not saying it, knowing it. This is when I can get to the place where I can say, I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed go begging for bread. Not saying it, knowing it. When you get to knowing stuff and the devil come in with a bill of goods, you tell him, don't know I care what you're talking about. I ain't saying it. I know it. That would be like somebody coming in trying to tell me I'm not a man. Why would I even let that stress me out? Your inability to, watch this, your inability to see what I know to be true is not going to give me stress. You the one that's delusional, not me. Why are you wowing out over a report from the devil that don't match the report of the Lord? The devil telling you you ain't going to make it. What you stressed out about that for? That don't match what you know when you know that thing. That don't match what I know. He said, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. My soul knows that thing right well. Not my hand. My soul knows it right well. This is when it's no longer cliche. I am the head. Not the tail. That ain't cliche. I know it. I am above only. Not beneath. Watch. When you know stuff, arrogance is impossible. Because how can I be arrogant about a fact? Arrogance is when I'm trying to put something on display that should not be displayed. But I can't be arrogant about what is. You walking around here like you holy. He told me to be holy. So the fact that you think I'm holy... All right, you walking around here, you walking around here like you done, you, you done forgot where you came from. Well, no, it's not a matter of me forgetting where I came from. It's a matter of me knowing where I am. Why in the world do you still want me to act like where I was? Because where I was was sinful in the first place. Matter of fact, I got another question. Is it that you like the broken version of me? That's what it is. Because see, watch this. Some people, they got a problem with you. They have a problem with you because they're in love with the broken you. 
They don't like the healed you, the delivered you, the saved you, the whole you, the you that they crying all the time. Watch this. You can determine who's mature around you if when you start going up, they want to keep you down. Let me say this. This morning as I was getting ready, the Holy Ghost told me to say this, and I told him, I told the Lord, Lord, if you bring it back to me, I say it. And he did. Here it is. Are y'all ready? Here's what the Holy Spirit told me to tell y'all. For everybody who is walking right now through the lane, the doorway, the anointing of reconciliation, everybody in your life that don't want you to reconcile is demonstrating to you that they don't want you to be godly. Because reconciliation is always godly. Everybody walking around like, if I was you, I wouldn't. It ain't like I'm trying to reconcile with the devil because we was never in cahoots. You can't reconcile with the devil when your original design is your connection to God. Y'all not in here. I'm trying to get to it. It's y'all fault. Y'all fault. Y'all here. Somebody say, Linda Sanders. All right. Now, y'all learned something today? He came. So if I'm, if I'm going to know this, what am I to know? What am I to know? Because I want to get to this. I, I, I want to know. Just say, I want to know him. Say it again. I want to know him. I challenge everybody in, in, in the place, in your notes, put, make yourself a note. I want to know him. Now, to know him, the first thing that we said we wanted to know is, is we had to know that he came to serve, right? Right? Second thing, write the verse down in Luke chapter 19. Don't turn. In Luke chapter 19, in Luke chapter 19, it says he came to seek and to save, right? Here's the problem I had, that which is lost. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. Seek and save, two words, seek to try and find, watch this, what one has possessed. Wait, 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 wait. To try and find what one has possessed, but then lost. Now, I won't get to save today, but there's the concept that seeking bothered me. It bothered me because why would the Lord have to find me? Lord, you everywhere. You're, omni you're omniscient, you're omnipresent. I kept working through. Why would you have to seek me? Why would, when I get lost, you know what I'm, you said if I go to the pits of hell, you're there. If I go to the highest mountain, you're there. I was bothered. But listen to what I'm about to say. This is not a matter of him knowing where you are. But this is a matter of us walking away from him like Adam did. Somebody's going to catch it. I came to seek that which was lost. This is not a matter of 
the Lord saying, I don't know where you at. This is a matter of we walked away from where he was at. So him seeking us is about him trying to bring us back to himself. Watch. Let me show you. Turn to Genesis real fast. Genesis chapter 3. I'm about to go long. I got 30 seconds and I'm not going to make it. The game just went into OT. I got more time on the clock. Okay? Moving on. Genesis. I wasn't apologizing. I was just telling you that we was in OT. All right. Genesis. Because y'all need to understand this. Because some of y'all got an Eve in your life. I need to tell y'all this before the week start. Because you got to Eve. Watch. He came to seek and save, right? Genesis chapter 3, verse 8. They heard, they, Adam and Eve, heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. The man and his wife, what's the next word? Hid, next word. Hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. How dumb is that? How you gonna hide in the midst of the stuff I made? Like a rock won't tell me. They over here, bruh. <laughs> Then the Lord God called to the man, watch, and said to him, where are you? Wait a minute. He came to seek and save, right? He's omnipresent, right? He's omniscient, everywhere, all-knowing. He knew where he was the whole time. But he walked into the garden to seek and to save. He came in the garden not because he lost Adam, but because Adam got lost. God didn't lose Adam. Adam walked away. God came into the garden to seek and to save. Now I'm about to say something. Brothers, hold on real quick. Y'all not going to like it. Let's do this. They, verse 8, heard. Y'all see they? That's plural, right? In they plural? Okay. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden, cool day. The man and his wife hid themselves. S, plural. We still plural? Okay. From the presence of the Lord God among the trees, then the Lord God called to the who? He didn't say nothing to you. I don't, I don't care where she at. Oh, y'all. Because I didn't give her these instructions. Okay, y'all not. Y'all ain't never had no parents like mine. Y'all ain't never had no parents like mine. Because my parents would give one sibling instructions for all of us. And if it didn't get done, when my mama came home, she, went to the, she had problem with the one she left the instructions with. 
I told you to tell your brothers and your sister to do this, 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 this. We all sitting around like, because watch this, the one who had the pay is the one who got the instruction. This for all of these brothers who keep coming to me with excuses about gifts you've been given. Oh, I said it. I don't care how she act. You're still the federal head of your house. So y'all hiding. God like, Adam. Where you at? Now, see, if I would have been Adam, I would have been like, dang it. (laughs) He said, I heard the sound of you in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked. Watch. So I hid myself. Y'all see that? He said, who told you that you were naked? Now, all of this is not God not knowing This is God giving him the opportunity to tell the truth. Who told you? Who who, who said that? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, Adam, not to eat? Say nothing to her. The man said, here's where he's going wrong. Here's where he's going wrong. Verse 12 should have read like this. Adam said yes. End of verse. I wish I could have known how it ended up. In verse 12, have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? Verse 12, Adam said yes. I would have loved to see that. But my homeboy Adam, the man said, the woman. Doggone it. The woman. Whom you gave me. Oh, now you're going to blame God. I mean, at least he could have said the woman. Now he's really feeling himself. The woman you gave me. Also, it's my fault now. Oh, you want to blame the Lord, do you? The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me from the tree. And I ate. Now, now, now watch. I hid myself. Listen to this. Sin does not cause God to lose track of us. Sin causes us to lose track of God. And therefore lose track of ourselves. Sin is a time where we make decisions to disconnect from the Lord. I hid myself. And therefore, I step outside of God's purpose and design for my life. Do y'all hear that? We step outside of that. Now, now take that and then juxtapose the verse that I just gave you. He came to seek and save. Shut up. You mean to tell me when I walk away, he keep on looking? Y'all still ain't caught it. See, see, one or two people in here who've had an Adam moment where you went to go hide yourself 
Y'all should read, he came to seek and save, and you should fall out in a fit every time you read it. I mean, every time you see seek and save that which is lost, you should just have you a Baptist fit. Just have a fit. Like, wait a minute. I wasn't lost. I ran. I walked away from God. Here's the truth, people. In this room, many of us hid yourself. You walked away, walked away from his power, walked away from his authority, walked away from his truth, walked away from his promise, walked away from his grace, walked away from his mercy, all because you said it was too hard. But here's the truth. Here's the truth. Adam didn't simply walk away. Here's the thing that got me, Daphne. He was led. He was led away. Y'all missed it. Bible's closed. Adam didn't just walk away. He was led. Still didn't catch it. Every Eve in your life has the potential to lead you from God over your life. Oh, y'all missed it. Every Eve. Yeah. Because ladies, y'all got some Eves too. People who can lead you away. I want y'all to see Eve as someone that has so much influence over your ear gates. That they can lead you away from that which means you the best of your life. God, I should stay right here and I should really do what you say. Huh? I should really stay right here. And then you got an Eve. Oh, no. You should. Come on now. Come on. It's just a piece of fruit. For real. I mean, you know, come on now. It ain't going to be that hard. Divorce him. It ain't that hard. I got a good lawyer. It ain't going to be that hard. Quit your job. Come on. Who's going to care? I can get you higher. I can get you on. They barely working. They about to get you on. They on probation telling you to quit your job. Now you jobless, and then they get fired right after you and got the nerve to say, let's go out tonight. We can kick it together. Shut up. Uh, I, just, I can't even believe you got me into this. I had a job yesterday, but I listened to an Eve in my life. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. God holds the person who received the original instructions as accountable first. You don't get to blame Eve, even if Eve ends up feeling the effects. And watch this. Through your maturity, you have to recognize that the only reason that Eve gets affected is because every atom in here couldn't be appropriate and dedicated. Eve could have, watch this, watch this, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. Brothers, husbands, the sin of your wife does not have to reap in your house if you don't allow her sin to cause you to. I ain't saying God ain't going to get her. Oh, y'all not in here. See, y'all not in the room. But when you try to jump fly because you don't think something fair, now all of a sudden the federal head has brought drama on his whole household. 
I just felt like I just felt like I had had enough. So stop calling yourself a man. Call yourself something else, but a man ain't it. I feel offended. That's cool. Because sometimes you got to feel that type of way in church. You got to. Go ahead. Get tight. Hope you get tight enough to change. I said this word was transformative. I'm trying to get us to be careful so that we don't let people lead us away. I'll jump into it Wednesday. I'll jump into it Wednesday. But here's what the scripture says. All we like sheep have been led. Can't wait. Can't wait. Because I'm going to teach y'all who leads you. <laughs> I'm going to show y'all what an Eve looks like. The scripture calls the people who lead you astray undisciplined men. Be careful of the circle you have in your life. Because if they don't have discipline about their own life, they're disqualified to speak into yours. <laughs> a man, half a person. I'm going to pray. Y'all seem tight. That means I did my job. Yep. I'm going to pray. Y'all learn something today? Good. Lord, thank you for the word. Thank you for your truth. Lord, if there's anybody here that doesn't know you, touch their heart now. Allow them to make decisions for salvation. We thank you and give you praise that you continue to break us in all the right ways. I thank you, God, for a chance to hear. Now, God, allow us to be good stewards over this transformation. That these words would not just be notes on a page, but they would be tools for our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. You have just listened to part five of the Marketplace Movement Podcasters Work to Be Done series. There's still so much more training to go. Please like us on the Marketplace Movement Facebook and Instagram page. Follow us on Twitter at the Marketplace R-E-A-L and visit our website, themarketplacemovement.org. We invite you to worship with us at 3300 West 3rd Street in Dayton, Ohio. Or catch us on Periscope every Sunday and Wednesday. Remember, be careful of the circle in your life because if they don't have discipline, then they lack the ability to speak in your life. We hope to see you soon at the Marketplace Movement where we reach, enhance, and advance lives.